to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, okay. <laughs> Right, you can sit down. <laughs> Last time I spoke this message at Uprising and I mentioned how normally when a preachers get up they say, take your seats, which I always found really bizarre because I always answer where, like where are we taking these seats? So, well, yes, my name is Judith. I am one of the ICOM youth leaders here. <laughs> um, and I look after the year 12 and 13 girls. <laughs> And I'm part of the worship team as well. And yeah, so I've got a question for you. What are you passionate about? (laughs) Maybe it's football, like Nathan said. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's films. Maybe it's music. Maybe you're really into Michael Jackson or maybe you're part of the whole Beatles mania that happened in the 60s. Well, and I don't regret saying this because I personally think he's incredible. I was a big, big, big fan of the one and only Justin Bieber. I will admit it, hands up. I had Bieber fever, do not regret it one moment ever. Like, and I thought to prove to you how much I idolized him, um, I thought I'd show you some tweets. I think they're from the year 2013. So I would have been like 14 years old maybe. So if you want to throw up, oh, the first one. Yep, you know, definitely my inspiration. You could put the next one up. Yep, yep. Onto the next one. See, I wanted him to know about the Lord, so I take full credit for his newfound faith right now. Yep, never gonna leave him, you know. Um, Is there one more from me? Oh wait, okay, go back to the other one really quick. So, just to quickly say, luckily I was not alone in this. Um, As you just saw quickly there, I had people who also agree with me. So if you want to throw up Lucy's tweet, which I love, she bought him his house, how sweet. And then also (laughs) Molly Evans as well, which I think this is the best tweet ever. Like, definitely my favorite one. And I think there's one more from Molly as well. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, as many of you may know, Alice Yeomans was also a massive Justin Bieber fan, but she deleted her Twitter, so there's no tweets from her. Such a shame, I know. Such a shame. But before I go any further, um, I just want to quickly pray. So, <laughs> Thank you, Lord God, for this incredible opportunity that I have to just speak into life of the church, Lord God. And I just pray right now that you just speak through me, Lord God, that the words that I speak will just really encourage people and just impact them like they've never been impacted before. Um, and I just thank you for the incredible night that we're going to have tonight. Amen. Right. <laughs> so my title is, It's All About You. Yay. Um, So yes, like I mentioned, um, I was really passionate about Justin Bieber. Um, But I think passion is such an incredible thing and we can all be passionate about different things. Maybe you're passionate, um, like I said, about football or about music or about whatever it is, but we can always um, take those passions and just multiply them. We could give it all to it. We always, you know, if you're passionate about football, you'll go to all the football practices or if you're passionate about an instrument, you'll play the instrument to your heart's content until it's perfect. You take all these um, talents that you have 
and you put everything towards it. You sacrifice time, you sacrifice energy to give everything to your passion because you're 100% dedicated to it. What if we have the same feeling about Jesus? What if we have the passion that we have for things like film and music? What if we have the same passion about Jesus? In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. It's saying in this verse that you are chosen. That means God has chosen you specifically. He doesn't need the person sitting next to you or the person who's on stage or the person who, you know, think is at the top. He's chosen you specifically. That means that you have the authority to go out into your world, go out into your schools, into your workplace and just talk about how passionate you're about Jesus. God has done so many incredible things in everybody's lives and he has given you that authority to go out and share that. It's not something you should be afraid of. It's not something that you should hide away, but it's something that you should just let flow out of you. Um, in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Like I mentioned earlier, um, God has set you apart. He has chosen you specifically to do his work. He wants to use you to show his love and his um, power to other people. And this can be as simple as just smiling, someone, smiling at someone on the street or just encouraging somebody or helping somebody through a tough time. You can use your words and your actions to show God's love and to show your passion for him through that as well. There may be other people who may not think, you know, your passion is valid, like quick story time. So like I mentioned, I was a massive Bieber fan. And like you saw, I was also very active on Twitter. So much so that one day I was walking into youth and Nathan pulled me aside and he was like, just want to let you know, I've unfollowed you off Twitter because you tweet about Justin Bieber too much. (laughs) Now, (laughs) now, I mean... By all means, you know, whatever. I mean, I think he's incredible, but, you know. (laughs) But that still did not deter me. (laughs) Still a big Bieber fan today. But if people are trying to tell you passion isn't valid or tell you that, oh, you shouldn't believe in that, um, don't worry about it because it says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. This verse, in a nutshell, is basically saying, okay, this person may not have the same passion and the same dedication as you, but that doesn't matter. You can still show them. You can still love them. You can still encourage them. You can still show people how incredible God is through your words and and actions. Even if you're the smallest in your family or you're really, really shy or you feel like you're not the best speaker or you don't feel like you've got confidence, God has still chosen you and still set you apart to go out and do what you need to do. God has given you a voice. When he created us, he all gave us the ability to speak and to use our words. Um, Ways you can use your words is to encourage people. Encouragement is so important. I know that in my life as well, that when I've done something and I've been like, oh, I don't know if that's good, the words that people have said to me to encourage me have just been so impactful in my life. Your words are so important because they can change the direction of of the course of your life. Like one word can really just spark a flame and just set you into the right path of action. Your words hold so much power and they can shift the atmosphere that you're in. Don't underestimate the power that you hold. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living inside of you. So by all means, you shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be worried because God is always going to be with you. Imagine what your life would look like if you lived it passionately. What would you be able to achieve? Imagine if we as a church 
had such a passion for God, had such a passion to that we were able to go out into our works, into our schools, no matter where we were, and we were just able to talk about him. We would have, it would just be an incredible thing. Like if we used our words and we encouraged people, it could really show people that God gave him potential to just change the world and just do incredible things for God. So that's me done. <laughs> and now I would like to introduce my lovely friend, Lucy Hurd. Hello. Wasn't that incredible? Let's just give it up for Judith again. That was absolutely incredible. Well done. Um, hi, so you can all take your seats. Um, not literally. You may all sit down. Um, so hi, um, my name's Lucy, for those of you that don't know who I am. Um, I am part of the team in Sheffield on a Sunday morning. Woo! Um, I'm also part of the youth team and I'm also a student on Academy this year, which has been incredible so far. Um, but yeah, so that's just a bit about me. Um, but, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to make a little bit of a confession this evening um, about myself. For those of you that know me, you'll know that sometimes I have the tendency to be a bit stubborn sometimes, a bit argumentative, you know, maybe a little bit defensive. Um, and it means sometimes when somebody tells me, you know, I don't think you can do that, you know, or they dare me to do something, it kind of eggs me on to kind of prove that I can do that thing. Um, and there was a time um, when this kind of backfired for me. Um, I, a lot of you will probably know this story already because I've spoken about it a lot. It's definitely one of the worst. Um, but it was about three years ago. Um, me and my brother were in a car park, private car park, not a public one, um, just to clarify. Um, and he turns to me and he goes, I bet you can't reverse my car into that space. <laughs> right. When somebody tells me, I bet you can't, that, that just, those words don't go well with me. So, of course, um, I was like, yeah, I can. Um, so, bear in mind, I'd never, ever sat at the wheel of a car before. I didn't know what any of the pedals did. I didn't even know what the gears were. I, I had no idea, right? I'm in the car. I put the key in, and he's telling me through the window. He's not even in the car with me. <laughs> I, I know. Um, so, he, so, he kind of tells me how to reverse, and I start, I start to reverse, but then I start going a bit faster than I anticipated and I start to panic as, as you do and then my brother shouts at me he's like oh put the brake on put the brake on I don't know what the brake is I don't know which pedal the brake is so genuinely I slammed my foot down on the accelerate yeah <laughs> I'm not even joking and slammed right into the back of another car yeah yeah <laughs> I mean luckily we knew these people they were some of my dad's friends <laughs> so it wasn't like a complete random stranger <laughs> Um, but it's alright because they had like a Land Rover and it didn't actually do anything it just had a little scratch but my, <laughs> my brother's car wasn't quite as um, squeaky clean um, he did have to pay for it to be repaired but if you ask me right he gave me the keys he dared me to do it I personally think I shouldn't take the like 100% blame like, I'll say it's partly my fault but come on like he, he knows me um, but you know I was so determined to prove that I was capable of doing it. Like, deep down, I knew I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I pretended, I pretended that I was confident, pretended that I knew what I was doing, all because I wanted to prove that I was capable. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes in life we can fall into that trap. I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of putting on a performance, you know, and pretending, sometimes without even meaning to. Um, 
And really, I think it's because as a society and as a culture, I think we kind of created these kind of unrealistic expectations of how life should look, you know? And I've realized that more since I finished uni. I've literally had people say to me like, oh, right, now you can start to get your life together. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, get my life together. Like, you know, but I feel like, we're always expected to, you know, reach these expectations, to have the perfect life, to have the perfect career, to have the perfect family life, perfect social life, perfect car, and perfect all of these things. And I think it can put such a pressure on us to live up to these expectations. And sometimes when we feel like we can't reach these expectations, we end up pretending that we've got it all together. Um, you know, and I think, I think social media doesn't always help. I think obviously social media is great and it has a lot of benefits, like I love it. But I think sometimes we can use like social media like to almost create an image of ourselves that isn't always 100% true of who we really are. Um, you know, because on social media, you can kind of like, you can pick and choose what people see. You can pick and choose the parts of your life that you want people to look at. You know, you can put filters on things. You can create an image for yourself and you can start to pretend who you are. Um, but you know, like... I think realistically, living our lives like that isn't going to do us any good. It's not going to be good for us in the long run. Because I think it can cause us to, you know, I think it can scare us. Because personally for me, I think it makes me scared that I can't actually live up to the image that I've created. Um, and in the end, it will just end up sucking the joy out of everything in life. Um, and that's not how God wanted us to live. And that's not what God intended for us. Um, but I just want to talk to you about a story in Luke 15. Um, it's the parable of the prodigal son. Um, I know a lot of you will probably know this story already, but for those of you that don't, um, it's a story about two sons and a father. And one of the sons go to, goes to his father um, and asks for his inheritance early. His father agrees and he goes off and he like, spends all this money. He lives this like, lavish lifestyle, um, but he kind of wastes his money. He kind of tries to find his happiness in that. Um, and then he ends up losing it all and he ends up being starving, no money, living basically with animals. Um, and he decides, you know what, I'm going to go back to my father. I know the chances are he's probably not going to welcome me back, but even if I go back and be a servant, I want to go back to him. Um, and he went back and... Like, that didn't happen. His father, like, welcomed him with open arms. Um, and obviously, I, I love that story. I love it because it's a story about how no matter how far we stray away from God, he'll always, like, welcome us back. Um, but really, I, I'm actually only telling you that part of the story to, like, give you context to the part that I actually want to concentrate on. Because the part I want to concentrate is actually the other brother. Um, because he's the one that stuck around. He's the one that did everything he thought he should do. He's the one that performed and did what he thought his father wanted him to do to get the recognition that he needed. Um, and if we look at verse 25, um, yeah, Luke 15, verse 25... Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has asked him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you, gave me, you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who had squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home and kill, you kill the fattened calf for him. You see, he was angry. Because he'd felt like all this time where his brother had gone off and done his own thing, he'd stayed at home and done everything that he thought he should do. You know, he, he's been sat there thinking that he has to earn his father's recognition. He's been sat at home doing everything that was expected of him. And when he didn't get the recognition that he wanted, he got angry. 
But I think the issue in this story is that the brother doesn't realise he doesn't need to earn his father's recognition. He doesn't need to earn his father's love because his father already has that for him. Um, you know, and I think that can be true in our lives. You know, I think society is always convinced us that we need to earn people's approval. You know, we need to prove to people who we are. We need to prove to people that we are capable of things. You know, and we need to match the expectations that people have put on our lives. And I think, you know, we really need to rethink the whole thing and, you know, think the only person that we should require recognition from is God. You know, God's the one who sees us. God the one, is the one who knows who we are. You know, we don't need to perform to him. We don't need to impress him. We don't need to prove that we are capable because he created us. He knows us. He knows that we are capable. He knows that he's put a plan and a promise on our lives and that we will fulfill that. Um, you know, God already knows who we are. If we look to Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, if it will come up, yeah. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your wor- uh, true and proper worship. Do not confirm to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So, you know, I really think that the way we tackle this is by looking to God first. You know, we need to switch our focus from people and onto God, you know, because when we do that, you know, it removes the pressure of trying to, you know, please other people. It removes the pressure to live our lives depending on what other people think of us, you know, and it removes that pressure to be living up to these unrealistic expectations. And ultimately, by putting our focus on God and looking at him, we are creating space for God to move in our life. We're creating space, you know, to step into the things that God has planned for us and we are creating space to do all the things that he has called us to do you know when we do that you know only when we shift our focus from people and onto God when we do that only then we'll be able to test and approve God's will his good perfect and pleasing will so thank you for listening to me guys I'm going to pass you back over today we hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church if you'd like any more information about Icon Church log on to our website at www.icon.church Have the best week.